0: Welcome back into the Shots Side Podcast. I'm your host Alex, joined by Adam and Matt. Once again, we are doing our NBA Awards Part Two. This is episode 50, guys. We made it to uh, 50, 50 episodes. The big 5-0. Let's go.
1: Let's go. It's a big landmark.
0: It is. It is. You can't. I mean, the 100 podcast episode is going to be. That's going to be a special one. We're going to have to do something special for that one, but. Uh, we still got 50 more episodes hey, until there champagne will be out what's
2: that so champagne will be out on the hundreds
0: We oh, get some yeah, bottle
1: for service sure.
0: for sure we'll <laughs> <laughs> i mean we'll be taking some shots we'll, i mean it might be a drunk podcast actually but <laughs> we'll make it we'll make it fun but um <laughs> on today's podcast uh, like i said it's our awards projection predictions uh, part 2 so we're going over who we think is going to win MVP uh, rookie of the year, Sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year, most improved coach of the year. And then we'll also throw in exec of the year as well. And then to wrap everything up, we'll do uh, the NBA all rookie uh, teams, first and second team. And then if we have some time after that, uh, we will look into possible playoff matchups between um, on the East and the West side. So, um starting off though guys, MVP award. Um I think it comes down to basically three guys. Uh kind of has been that since the start of the year, but um you got Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um some notable guys in there as well. I mean Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, John Morant. I don't know if you could throw them in there now after Everything that went on. Devin Booker. Um, not Devin Booker. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, maybe Damian Lillard, too. He's been having a good year, but his... I mean, if you have a losing record, usually your team... Or you usually you don't get that MVP award. So, um, starting off, I am going to stick with my gut. Stick with what I've chose to, you know, die on the hill with is Joel Embiid. He's obviously not going to play against... Um, Jokic tonight. I mean, as this episode comes out, it'll be last night's game. So, um, I don't know if you factor that in a little bit. You might have to, but um, I think he's just Joel's been dominant throughout the year. Um, leading the league in points per game um, as a center, which I don't think that's been done since Shaq. Probably. Am I right? Yeah, it?
1: probably not. Honestly
0: yeah yeah so um and I also just want to give you know Nikola Jokic and Giannis a little break from you know the two MVPs they've gotten back to back so um
2: hey Embiid deserved it last year let's be honest
0: I mean I voted for Jokic last year so I didn't think he did but um you definitely could have made a case for Embiid (laughs) last year for sure but Matt, who you got for your MVP vote? Is it still the same Joel Embiid or are you switching things up now?
1: You know, uh, I'm a classic uh, switch up guy to whoever's hottest and <laughs> Embiid is hot right now, but he's missing a game right now. And I'm gonna change mine to, to Giannis cause I feel like Giannis ha- has had just as good of a year. as only played two less games. He's averaging 31 points a game, 11 boards. Um, more assists, five point six assists. Actually, averaging almost two more boards than Embiid too, which is pretty crazy. I feel like he just uh, is a little bit more versatile too, and his team is the number one team in the East. So uh, I'm gonna pull the little switch up, and I'll go with Giannis as my MVP, giving him his third, I believe.
0: Okay, we can also do another MVP award at the end of the you know towards the end of the season or before they announce the awards and maybe you know maybe you want to switch up to Jokic after that or
1: something uh i don't think (laughs) i'll be switching to Jokic, but if you ask me in a week it might be in beat (laughs) again
0: i mean i just want a little matt mayhem right here (laughs) just switching up switching up the mvp uh votes every single week love the wolves
1: get the four seed it might be ant
0: Yeah, or Kat. Ooh, Cats Cat. Cat's had basically two game winners the last, the last two games. Hey, might as well be <laughs> Rudy Gobert. Okay, now we're going too far. Now we're going to. We've crossed the line. <laughs> Adam, who you got for your MVP vote?
2: You know, I'm going to go with the uh, not once, not twice, the three time MVP, or soon to be Nicole Jokic. I don't know. I mean, Denver's, again, a number one seed, so he, he's just carrying this team. I mean, Jamal Murray isn't what he used to be, so Jokic has kind of put the team on his back and just propel him to win, so got to go with Jokic.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. So, I mean, we got all three different MVP award predictions. Um Granted, they are the top three choices that you have to pick from this year. Um, One of us is going to be right. That's the good part about it. Um, Matt might be right no matter what, because if he chooses Jokic next week, you know, he's got, you know, he's got a 100% chance of being right on one of his three predictions. But um, looking at the NBA Rookie of the Year race, I think, you know, there's been some guys that have kind of made some noise lately, you know, Names like Walker Kessler, um, Jalen Williams of OKC, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. has been playing a lot better. Jaden Ivey's been playing great all year. Benedict Matherin. In my case, though, I, I think Paulo's just been kind of that, you know, stabling force for the Magic all year round. Um, granted, after All-Star break, his numbers have dipped a little bit. Same with field goal percentage. But... Um, I think for this award I think I have to give it to Paolo Carroll. I think the dude out of Duke definitely deserves this award and um he's I think he's in most people's books probably heads on favorite to win rookie of the year Matt would you agree or you got somebody else
1: yeah I mean I would agree I think he's kind of run away with it pretty much the whole year I mean besides the start of the year when Matherin was going nutty I mean it it really hasn't been a close race for the most part because, I mean, Paulo has to do a lot more than these guys, considering how bad some of the uh, other players on the Magic are at times outside of Franz and, um, surprisingly, Markel Fultz this year. Um, but I think, um, uh, Williams definitely, if he, he would have played strong, stronger or better at the start of the year, definitely could have been in that picture a little bit more. Uh, kind of similar with Walker Kessler. I, he got eased into it a little bit because um, he's been having a pretty good year. Um, but overall, I mean, Paulo—he's a pretty transcendent player. So I think he definitely deserves Rookie of the Year this year.
0: Yeah, yeah Adam, uh, you got a different answer? Or is that a hands-on favorite, Paulo?
2: You know, I, yeah, I don't see anybody else but Paulo. I mean, probably the next closest person to him probably be Jalen Williams. And, I mean, it's just the fact that Paolo's been doing this all year. And Jalen Williams kind of just blew up towards the end of the year. So, yeah, I I can't go with anybody else but
0: Paolo. Yeah, I mean, Paolo's... I mean, what does there not say about him? I'm trying to think of, like, a comp that I would kind of compare Paolo to. But there's really... There's not really one player where I'm like he reminds me so much of this player. He's got like different, you know, things about his game that are similar. Um, like, you know, coming in the league, you know, putting up 20 plus points per game, kind of like LeBron did uh, his rookie year. He's got that size too, uh, physicality, um, but like his ball handling's been very underrated. Um, I thought that might be a struggle coming you know, into his rookie year, but his, his ball handling has been pretty well. Um, rebounding, um, at some points, I mean, magic really haven't really needed him to rebound that much for him. Cause they got, you know, Matt's favorite player, bowl They had Wendell Carter jr. Um, they had Mo Bamba, but they have, they have a lot of, you know, taller players that can also, you know, rebound same with guards too. some tall guards and, Suggs and Suggs and Markel Fultz, like Matt mentioned. Um, Franz. But Franz, right. Um, and then his pat- passing ability. I think he's averaging around, I want to say like around four and a half assists a game. Somewhere around that. Um, which is pretty, I mean, pretty damn good for, for a rookie coming in the league who we thought would just be, you know, a scorer. Um especially his rookie year he's he's definitely impressed in in all aspects of his game um hopefully he doesn't have that kind of sophomore slump kind of like scotty barnes did this year but um i think the future is very very bright for paulo and the magic uh, going forward um looking at our sixth man of the year award um this is this might be the toughest one i think this might be one where we all have different answers on but Just to name off a few notable mentions, you know, you got Malcolm Brockton in there for the Celtics, Russell Westbrook, um, starts for the Clippers, I believe right now, but mainly was a bench player for the Lakers. You got Norman Powell, who's also on that Clippers squad, Benedict Matherin, Christian Wood, Onyeka Onyeka Kongwu has been good off the bench for the Hawks, uh, Karis LeVert for the Cavs, Cole Anthony for the Magic. Uh, two Wolves players in there. I kind of just slipped them in there. Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed, both of playing well. Um, Matt, would you put Jordan Poole as possible six man of the week, year award winner as well? Or is, has he played more games starting?
1: Um, he means
0: he comes off the bench, right?
1: I thought he had been starting a little bit earlier this year when like, Steph had been out. Um, let me check right. how many games he started. I, I didn't count him as a starter or as a bench guy so I mean he would probably win it if he's considered a bench guy
0: Uh, right I mean I I just threw him in there because I wasn't sure on what the stats were but um, as you're looking at that looking through that um, yeah so he's I chose
1: he he started 42 games so I mean 42 out of 42 out out of 76 so he started more than yeah so all right I'll
0: yeah. I'll yeah. eliminate him from this, um, just cause I don't want anything to get, I mean, he's played more games as a starter, so really came in there as six man of the year award winner, but, um, I'm going to put in Austin Reeves as my six man of the year, um, I believe he's. Austin Reed? I believe he's came off the bench more than he started this year. And um, this second half after the All Star game or All Star break, uh, I think he's just been phenomenal. Phenomenal at, you know, just being an off guard. He can be an on ball, ball handling guard. Um, His shot looks pretty well off the pick and roll. Um, We know him as kind of a spot up shooter as well. So he can do that very well. Um, I've just been impressed with his his jump he's made this year, especially in the second half, um, and kind of stabilizing that Lakers squad when they were dealing with injuries to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, I, th- I think he's just been the one blue guy, even though he's dealt with some injuries as well early in the season. Uh, I think he's came came in and kind of, you know, I think he's looking for that that next contract, whether it's with the Lakers or not. Matt, who you got for your uh, sixth man of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he was actually my, my second choice, but I, I went with uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I feel like he's been a little bit more consistent than Reeves. He has a little better stats, and Celtics are just a better team than the Lakers are, so I feel like he's made a pretty, pretty huge impact. I mean, they really need him too with uh, Robert Williams missing a lot of time and then uh, – Some various injuries to Tatum and um, Marcus Smart. Um, Jalen Brown's been mostly healthy. But, I mean, just overall, just what he gives them. He he hasn't started any games this year either. So, um, that's kind of what you look for in a six-man. I know you can start some games and still get it. Um, Austin Reeves just started starting a couple games ago. Um, I don't know if that'll stay or not, but... Either way, I, I think Malcolm will. I, th- I think Malcolm Brogdon deserves it. I think he's had like a lot bigger impact than maybe I would have even thought at the trade. I thought it was a good trade at the time, but I mean, he's really helped them a lot this year, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he's also dealt with some some injuries in his past too. So um, I think this year he's been mostly healthy, which is nice to see for. You know, a Boston squad that's actually dealt with a bunch of injuries with Tatum and Robert Williams. Al Horford's missed some time at his age. Um Marcus Smart. List goes on. But um yeah, I love that pick with Brogdon. He would he probably would have been my my choice if Austin Reeves hasn't had or didn't have the second half he's had so far. But um, good choice there. Adam, who's your sixth man of the year this year?
2: Damn, I, I thought I chose the obvious pick with Russell Westbrook, but I don't know. I mean, he, he, had, a, he had a good season off the bench for the Lakers, and, I mean, now he's yeah, on, I,
1: on, on my the My thing Lakers. with Westbrook was I feel like he's had his best games with the Clippers, and he, he started with the Clippers, so I, I view him more as a starter personally, but I definitely agree with that, though. I mean, Westbrook gets way more hate than he deserves.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm that hater because, I mean.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon, like, deserves it, too. because he, He's been having a good season, too.
0: Yeah, I feel like Brogdon's contribute. I feel yeah. like Brogdon.
1: Alex is just a hater. No, I mean,
0: I'm, yes, I am. In this, in this case scenario, <laughs> yes, I am. Because I just feel like Brogdon and Reeves have contributed more to winning for their teams than Russell Westbrook has. I mean. They brought in Russell Westbrook for the Lakers. Oh. Didn't work out. You know, he signs with the Clippers. Um, I had higher hopes for him for the Clippers just because, um, you know, their defense is better. He has he doesn't have to worry about playing, you know, lockdown defense. But I thought his passing ability, getting those stars, star guys involved in Kawhi and Paul George would help. Um, and his numbers look – Pretty decent. If you pull up his numbers, he, his numbers are good. I think he's averaging around 16 or 17 points a game with like, you know, six or seven rebounds and assists, which is phenomenal. Um, I just don't think it's contributed to winning. And then I'm still, you know, worried about his turnover percentage as well. Um, he's always been a high turnover rate guy uh, ever since coming into the league. So um, it'll be interesting to see, though, how it contributes to playoff. Time because um, they're going to need him to, you know, kind of pick up that secondary role now that Paul George is going to miss some time. Uh, I think there was news that he will come back at the for their first playoff series, but even if he doesn't come back right away, like misses game one or game two, um, having a guy like Russell Westbrook kind of step in and take a bigger role, it might work out and it might go terribly bad, but. Um, that's the beauty of Russell Westbrook is you get the, you get the good and the bad on one.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes in the same game too. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: But um, yeah, I thought those were three good options at six man of the year. Um, moving on to def- defensive play of the year, DPOY. Um, some notable candidates for this category. Um, You got Jaron Jackson Jr., Brooke Lopez, Bam Adebayo. You could throw Nick Claxton there. Giannis is always a good um, guy to have in in this award as well. And then his partner in crime, Drew Holiday, um, I think has had a good year as well. Personally, I am going to go the Jaron Jackson Jr. Triple J route. Uh, I think just if you can average three blocks a game, I think he's averaging like four and a half at home. Something crazy like that. Um, he's averaging, I think, a steal game as well. Uh, and just his interior defense, you can say that a lot about the guys on this list. They're all great interior defensive players. But, um, you know, he's also a good defender when it comes to guarding the perimeter and guarding some of those smaller, quicker guards as well. He can he can do a good job guarding the perimeter as well. So um, just the overall defensive IQ that Jaron Jackson has, Um, you know, listening to some of these podcasts where, uh, he's one of their, one of the guys that they bring on and just hearing him talk about his mindset of how he goes into, you know, playing against certain defenders. He was even talking about, um, you know, picking some of the guys' minds at all-star break. Um, one of them, I think he mentioned was Kyrie Irving and some of the moves Kyrie would do. And it was funny because they actually played Dallas, and Kyrie used one of those moves on Jaron Jackson, and Jaron stuck with him. So, um, I, th- I think his his IQ is is pretty top notch when it comes to defense, and his offense is coming along as well. But um, this is a defensive award, and uh, that's that is going to be my pick for DPOY. Uh, Matt, who you got for DPOY?
1: You know, I I actually have the same exact player as you. Um, I think jaron jackson's just made uh, a huge difference for the the grizz uh, on the defensive side of the ball i mean on offense too he's he's done better this year but specifically defensively he's averaging league high 3.1 blocks per game um which is his career high too he's averaging almost a half block more per game this year um so just rim protector wise he's good but also just how versatile he is too he's good at getting off on the perimeters and not uh getting caught into bad drop situations like uh somebody on the t wolves does sometimes um but hit he, overall he's just a good defender and he, he he's good for the rest of the team too because they kind of funnel him into jaron jackson at times uh when he get they get into the pain area so um I think he's a pretty big reason too why they're the second seed right now. So I think I have no quarrels with him winning defensive player of the year. And that's my pick.
0: Yeah. Solid. Um, Adam, I kind of have maybe a guess at who you might pick and it might be somebody on your fantasy basketball team, uh, which unfortunately you took second place in, but uh, so no trophy for you, but um, who is,
1: she had to <laughs> yeah. knock me out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean you beat me for the third place game, Matt, so I mean at least you walked home with like fifty bucks. I don't
1: know. Got way for the third <laughs> place though.
0: That's I mean I think you were the top points player this week as well. So if, even if you made it to the finals, you probably would have taken first. So that's a bit of a bummer, but So Adam, who's your uh who's your defensive player of the year then?
2: No, yeah, it was exactly the same as you guys, it was Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know how you can pick anybody else. But, I mean, if I had to choose someone else, I got to go with my fantasy buddy,
0: Brooke uh, Lopez. Yeah, that's who I thought you were going to take. I thought you were going to hop on that Brooke Lopez train, which, you know, he's been a good defender. I think he's averaging, like, around two, two and a half blocks a game as well. Oh, so, I'm on that. I'm on that. Yeah.
1: I thought about it too, but like that whole team could, is like so good with Drew and Giannis too. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, that's the tough part. Um, so we all got Triple J for defense play of the year, um, NBA Most Improved Player. Um, this this seems like a, another kind of easy easier pick. Um, I mean, you got options like sga could possibly be in there uh Jaylen brunson tyrese Halliburton, um two nets players maybe cam thomas nicholas claxton um any other ones you guys are thinking of uh, obviously the one that i'm gonna choose and you guys might choose is laurie marketing but are there any other options that most improve that you guys have on your mind
1: uh, I mean, you pretty much said them all. I mean, I, I'm choosing Lori. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't think there's any other question about you it. You could, you could maybe,
1: yeah, throw, Adam, throw throw in McDaniel's too as like an honorable mention.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good dark horse one, but I don't know if um, everybody in the NBA fandom really knows how valuable Jaden McDaniel's is. So maybe that's why he doesn't get or wouldn't get a ton of votes. But Adam, I don't, I want to hear what your thoughts are just on Laurie marketing, his situation, what he's brought to Utah, uh, the huge step he's made, making an all-star appearance. Um, Just what he's done for this Utah jazz team.
2: Well, I mean, the start of the year, we didn't expect hardly anything from the Utah jazz. I mean, they literally cleared house. So, Picking up marketing was kind of a a shot in the dark and somehow, some way he just like blossomed into an all-star, which honestly, it it took me by surprise. I took everyone by surprise. So, I mean, like most improved players kind of like, a. I mean, that's little like he deserves a little bit more like kind of respect
0: from now on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Matt, your thoughts on, on Lori?
1: Yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, a lot of people at the beginning of the year thought, you know, this was a team that was uh, going to be absolutely dog shit, um, myself included. Um, but yeah. they they ended up actually being quite the squad, and a big reason for that was Lori, who uh, pretty much revived his career to a certain extent, because, I mean, there's a lot of – I mean, this was his third team now. Um, and he didn't really have the best uh, go of things um, in in uh, Chicago and uh, Cleveland. He was a lot streakier, but now with the keys more in his hands, he's actually balled out this year, and he came an all-star. Um, I don't know if he'll be the, like, long-time, like, player there, um, but at least for this year, I think he was most improved.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean – Career numbers all around, points, rebounds, even assists, field goal percentage, um, I think is around there as well, but um, just all around, he's just been the bright spot. I know uh, we talked about in the in a previous podcast, but, um, you know, he's had two 40-plus point games recently as well. Um, granted, he is taking a lot more shots with this Utah Jazz team, which he kind of has to when, you know... I think going into the season, they probably thought Colin Sexton was probably going to be their second option. Um, He's been dealing with injuries. Um, Same with Jordan Clarkson. He's been dealing with some injuries now, but Clarkson's been pretty efficient throughout the year for the Utah Jazz and probably a big key in in why they were a playoff team before the All-Star break. Um, And then moving on from Mike Conley, a good veteran who definitely helped out that squad, you know, to keep them on track for you know when they were doing well, not to slip into kind of a funk and get back to where we thought they were, which you know ended up happening um, as they traded away some players and you know trading away Malik Beasley, Vanderbilt, Mike Conley, uh, some key role players that they needed in there in their lineup. Um, definitely shows um, that they want to you know get some players in the draft. They're kind of looking at next year, the next, you know, year to two to three to four years. Uh, and then see what you can build around Lori Markkinen. And um, worst case scenario, you can get a bigger trade for Lori Markkinen, bring in more draft capital. Be You know, I could see them doing, and they kind of are kind of doing what OKC did with Sam Pressy and just bring in all that draft capital and, um who knows? You might hit on a on a player like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, on and on. All the you know draft capital that OKC's brought in. So um, definitely a lot of things to uh, to look forward to if you're a Utah Jazz fan uh, this year. Uh, maybe not second half of the season, but uh, first half of the season was definitely a bright spot. Uh, moving on to Coach of the Year, though um notable mentions for coach of the year uh joe mazula for boston mike brown for sacramento mike malone denver nuggets coach taylor jenkins memphis doc rivers philadelphia and then i i threw in uh mark uh dianault uh, i think that's maybe i'm butchering that name did you just say name.
2: doc rivers yeah do, you think Doc Rivers deserves to be coach of the year? <laughs> no,
0: I just because Philly's having a good Doc year. I, I mean, yeah, I it's usually well, how, <laughs> right? But I throw him in there just because the last few seasons it hasn't looked that pretty, and this year it's looking a lot better. So maybe it's the additions they've made. Who knows? Um, but the, the guy I was mentioning, the OKC coach, Mark Dianaltz, I'm probably butchering that, but yeah, I, I, um, I think he's done a great job just with Shea and his improvement and then bringing along some of these rookies and getting them in there like Jalen Williams, the other Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Um, you know, they might be a playoff team this year and nobody would have thought kind of like the Utah Jazz situation. Nobody thought OKC would be even close to a playoff situation, but with how, you know, close everything is in the West, it's, you know, they've lost a couple games recently, but a chance to possibly be, you know, in that play-in situation. For me, though, Coach of the Year, I'm going to have to go with Mike Brown, Coach of the Sacramento Kings. Um, I'm raising the beam on this one. I just think everything that Mike Brown's been doing for this team, um, you know, Ending that 16-year drought of making the playoffs, you know the improvements from De'Aaron Fox and especially in the fourth quarter, all the role players they've used, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, um, their rookie Keegan Murray has, has shown bright spots. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in our defensive teams, but um, just that's done as from a coaching standpoint has um, really turned around this city and and, guys and they could be a scary team to uh, to face in the Western Conference. Um, Matt, who you got for your NBA Coach of the Year?
1: Yeah, you know, I actually did the same exact thing, Mike Brown. I think uh, okay. not a lot of people, had, I mean, had them at maybe even making the play in. I mean, I, I know I didn't have them making the play in even. Um, and they really showed, like, m- much more improvement this year aside from even just uh, – like get drafting people like Keegan Murray's been pretty good this year but um Fox has just been an absolute closer this year making big shots in the fourth quarter I I think he might even be one of the best fourth quarter players in the league this year um and then just running the offense through uh uh what's Sabonis has really been Saboner yeah has really been a key for them this year I feel like uh it's kind of been good for i mean fox can run the offense too but the offense really does go through Sabonis, and people play off him at, especially in the half court uh fox more runs it in the um fast break um so i think they kind of got a good mix i mean they're one of the best offense teams in the whole entire league uh if not the best i'm not sure what the exact numbers are but um yeah i mean it's just been impressive i would We'd be happy to see him win uh coach of the year. Damongo Saboner.
0: <laughs> That's my <laughs> nickname for him. <laughs> Adam, who you got for uh um Yeah, it it coach of the year. it
2: ain't changing over here. It's uh hundred thousand percent gonna be Mike Brown. No. I mean the Kings just like Utah Jazz. They surprised us all. I mean, I thought the Kings were going to slide after the All-Star break, but they've kind of been staying true. So, you got to give it up to Mike Brown. I think Mike Brown definitely turned around that that franchise. But, obviously having Sabonis and Fox are going to change that a lot, too. Right.
0: I thought at least one of you guys would go with Joe Mazzula. Just You know, bringing in a new coach after uh, the firing of, um, uh, what's his face? Um, Who was the previous Boston coach?
1: I can't remember now.
0: I'm blanking on his name. I'm blanking. Let's get uh, hurt. I mean, you don't have to put it in the comments, but you can if you want. You can spam it if you want, but um we'll look it up afterwards and probably be a shame that we couldn't of his name but um <laughs> yeah I, I just think bringing in joe missoula you know he wasn't oh, a coach last year up oh yeah May. oh E-May yeah yeah so you know bringing in joe missoula not bringing him in but upgrading him to head coach and just You know, he's gone through some rough patches and and some coaching situations where he maybe should have called a couple timeouts, Um, some weird lineups in there as well, Um, not playing Derek White in the fourth quarter. Um, There's a handful of things that made it kind of weary for me to pick him for coach of the year. That's why I picked Mike Brown, but, um, you know, just keeping that Boston squad as a top two team in the East, I think is impressive being a first first year coach. Um, definitely have to give him some credit, um, especially with the injuries, like we've talked about earlier that he had to deal with. Um,
2: I mean, yeah, I, I was gonna choose Chris Finch, but he also has trouble calling timeouts too, so yeah, he just, I, just I just couldn't. Just got
0: his 100th career win. As a coach for the Timberwolves, big news. I think he's one, he's hey. 199 or 98. So he's he's basically 500 as coach. Um, I don't think he's in that coach of the year candidacy just because they do have a lot of talent on that Timberwolves squad, and it's kind of disappointing to see them hovering around that 500 mark. But um, yeah, you you could put him in contention, <laughs> I guess.
2: Oh uh, no, Alex. I was I was oh, joking. Oh, you were. Okay. I was joking. <laughs> you sounded serious. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell at all.
0: <laughs> all right, and then Oh God. Let's no. move on to a, maybe, you know, the war that most people don't go over, but here on the Shots Side channel, we like to get our execs some credit. That's due. Uh, so NBA Exec of the Year. Um, two that popped to mind for me is Kobe Altman of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then you got Danny Ainge of the Utah Jazz. I went with Kobe Altman just cause, you know, being able to trade for a star like Donovan Mitchell, bringing him in. And then, um, you know, I thought it would take a little bit of time for him to kind of mesh with Darius Garland and, and everybody there in Cleveland, but. Uh, he separated yeah. right in that role, had a career high seventy-one points, right? Yeah, yeah, seventy-one points, and um, you know they're fourth seed in the East, which you know maybe you could have seen it this year, but they still got a young squad. I didn't, I didn't think they would be necessarily fourth, especially with you know the Nets. Um, I think, you know, moving on from Katie and Kyrie made a huge difference as well. But um, just, you know, being able to get that trade is, is huge for Cleveland and uh, will make them a really tough out um, in that Eastern Conference. Might give a little bit of a scare to those top three teams. Who knows? Um, and range I think the trades that he continues to get wherever he is, over and over again is just amazing um the timberwolves trade getting four basically five first round picks if you throw in walker kessler um which is already looking great for the utah jazz not so much for the timberwolves um and then also making a couple more trades to get more draft capital at the trade deadline um he's definitely as well but adam who do you have as your exec of the year Is there another person I didn't say in there that you wanted to maybe mention?
2: Probably uh, Tim Conley of the Minnesota Timberwolves.
0: All right, now I know you're (laughs) joking around.
2: No, I mean, he made probably the best trade for Rudy Gobert. I mean, you only had to give up like five first-rounders.
0: Yeah, who needs the (laughs) late first-round picks, right?
2: Hey, not the Timberwolves. Yeah, no, but yeah, it's I. I me personally, I think yeah. it was Kobe Altman that? for getting um,
0: Donovan Mitchell. Anything you wanted to say on that, or just a statement? <laughs> okay, that's it. Matt, who you got?
2: I mean, I mean, it's the executive <laughs> of the year. Like no one. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No one's going to hear about this. No, that's fine.
0: We'll move past you if you just wanted to say his name. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. We'll move right on to Matt. <laughs> Matt, did you yeah. want to go into any detail or you just want to say one name?
1: Oh, I'm going to go into a little bit of detail here. Um, I'm going to go with Danny Ainge for the biggest fleece of the century. Um, <laughs> basically, Walker Kessler himself is uh, a young version of Rudy Gobert. Um, and... Not only did he get that, he also got some role players that he turned into picks, uh, and Jared Vanderbilt and Pat Bev and uh, Malik Beasley. He also got um, five first-round picks from us, uh, including a swap. And then on top of that, the Cavs trade—I mean, the Cavs trade is good for both um, both sides, I would say, because I mean, Lori Markkinen. Um, is it wasn't? I mean, he's not the same player that Donovan Mitchell is, obviously. I'm not saying that, but he's not, like, that far below, in my opinion. Like, he's obviously that. I would obviously much rather have Donovan Mitchell, but if you're giving me five first-round picks and a lower-level all-star or just, like, a high-tier player, plus you got Colin Sexton, too, who I thought was the bigger part. I thought he was going to be the best player in the trade that they got and ended up being marking in um so you get all these players um even oh they even got um i can't i can never pronounce his name right but it's like a yeah um but he's actually not too bad either he's uh um been playing a little bit more recently um and has been pretty good shooting and he's a good defender too i know he's a little older for a rookie but um i mean honestly getting three young players that are pretty good getting 10 picks uh, I don't think he could have done much better if you're Danny Ainge in that situation. Uh, The Jazz definitely could have a potentially bright future if they hit on picks like the Celtics did when they got Tatum and Brown. Off that last leash, John. I totally
0: agree. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's incredible what Danny Ainge has done with any franchise he goes to. It just either turns it around... I mean, he usually turns them around pretty quickly um but i mean you know i i I definitely thought adam would have more to say about his favorite award (laughs) um yeah no sorry about that it's good i mean we'll work (laughs) on it next year i mean you got you got a whole year to think of who your next exec of the year is gonna be so um that'll be interesting but Uh, we're going to take a quick break, uh, on the following side of the break, we will go over our NBA, all rookie teams, first and second teams, um, coming to you guys soon. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the shot side podcast. we're going to get into our NBA All-Rookie teams. Uh, starting off with the first team, I'll go over mine real quick. Um, at the guards, um, as listed on uh, NBA.com, uh, Benedict Matherin a guard. He's a shooting guard, small forward, mainly plays small forward, but I put him in at that guard position. Same with Jalen Williams. Um, those are my two guards going through it. Um, I think what they've been able to do, especially Matherin, first half of the season, Um, played a lot better when players like Halliburton were out, Um, got a lot of minutes, which I didn't think he would this rookie season, but he's been a bright spot, especially scoring the ball, Um, all aspects of the game, three-point line, uh, mid-range has looked solid, Uh, he could do a little bit better job of finishing at the rim, but we're talking about rookies here, so that'll come with time as, as well. Uh, Jalen Williams, his second half has been, um, I mean, if you if you went to rookie of the year for just second half, he'd probably be my pick for rookie of the year. Um, if you're just looking at after the all-star break, just what he's been able to do with Shea, um, even without Shea, he's, I mean, I think he's been averaging something crazy around like 18 to 20, you know, what Paula was doing basically the first half of the season. Um, and then at my forwards positions, I got Paolo Banquero and Jabari Smith Jr. Um, Paulo's been, I mean, we, we probably, you know, everybody's probably got him in, his, in their NBA all-rookie team, first team. Um, and then Jabari Smith, you know, started off really slow um, for the Rockets, was a little inconsistent, um, kind of looked like he was struggling with the guards he was playing with, kind of like he did at Auburn as well. Um, but it's, he's kind of turned it on recently in the second, uh, half of the season, which, you know, kind of promoted him into the first team for me. Um, and then at center I got Walker Kessler, um, probably, you know, you can make a case as he's the second guy behind Paulo, uh, for rookie of the year. Just what he's been able to do for that Utah jazz is a rim protector, uh, shot blocker, uh, and then also being able to stay with some guards, um, Maybe not all the time, but he does he does a half-decent job for a rookie, uh, especially early in his career. Um, Matt, who you got for your first team?
1: Yeah, um, mostly the same. Um, I got, for my guards, it's got the same guards, uh, Matherin and Williams. Just Williams more in the second part of the year, like you said, and Matherin more in the first part. But, I mean, overall, they've been pretty good, too. Um, then Ben Carroll. I mean, he's my Rookie of the Year, so obvious choice there. Then I had Walker Kessler as my center, um, just a block machine. Um, and then Keegan Murray I put as my f- other forward. Um, that's probably the most different. I just uh, I kind of snubbed J- Jaden Ivey from the first team just because I, I thought Murray deserved uh, to be on there for how good the Kings have been this year. He's shooting... from three, which is uh, the best out of all rookies. Um, So that's pretty impressive. And then uh, he's starting to get a little better defensively um, as the season goes on. And I think just being on a team that's actually, like, um, you know, like contending in the standings, like, I think for guys like Jalen Williams and Keegan Murray, I think it puts a lot more pressure on their shoulders because, like, when you're on a team that's absolutely terrible, you have time to grow more. Um, And I think – they kind of have to be thrown into the fire and and they've kind of risen to that occasion at times and I think uh that's why he deserved over uh, Ivy in my opinion but yeah you could say wouldn't that argue about, with Ivy though
0: yeah you could say that about any like all the people that we had combined in our first team pretty much none of them besides Keegan Murray are actually playing meaningful minutes for a playoff contender. Uh, maybe you could say Jalen Williams if OKC slips in, but um, maybe Walker Kessler too. But I think Utah's pretty much out at this point. Um, but yeah, I think he can spend, you know, he's, I really debated on putting him in the first team. Um, he's shown a lot of, lot of growth, a lot better than I thought he would have been. You know, I thought, you know, being a fourth round pick maybe was a little bit too high. Especially with the guys behind him, but uh, he, he definitely improved. Fourth me round well. pick? Or fourth overall pick, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the correction. <laughs> Appreciate it. Adam, who you got for your <laughs> first team?
2: <laughs> yeah, my first team I got Jalen Williams, uh, Jaden Ivey, Benedict Matherin, Paulo Banchero, and Walker Kessler. So, I mean, it wasn't all too different from your guys's besides, like, you know, obviously I put in Jaden Ivey, but I think that he had a good chunk of the season where he played very well, and it's just kind of sad to see him on that Pistons team because pretty much from the get-go, there was nothing going for the Pistons. So, I mean, Jaden didn't really have much to, you know – he didn't have much help. Let's just say that. Especially having uh, Cade Cunningham miss, miss this whole season. So I, I'm going to put Jay and Ivy in that first team just because I think he deserves it just a little bit more than maybe, you know, someone like Keegan Murray or right. someone else. And
0: then you also, so I noticed that you put Matherin as your as a forward, which, you know, is totally fine because he's, he's technically a shooting guard slash small forward, so... Um, you could definitely do that. Um, moving on to second team real quick though. Uh, my guards, uh, Adam mentioned Jaden Ivy. He's been playing pretty well all year long. Dealt with some injuries, some naked injuries, but, um, definitely it's gotten a lot more time to kind of be, you know, a ball handler with Cade missing the season. Um, his ability to find open pastor or open, uh, teammates with his passing, And then just his ability to just, you know, he reminds me a little bit of, um, like a knocked, a really knocked down John Morant, um, and kind of De'Aaron Fox, just with that speed that he has, uh, to get coast to coast. Um, I think that's helped him a lot, uh, definitely scoring his rookie year. Um, so that's why I I had him just a little bit down in my second team. Um, my other guard, I went with Shane Sharp, um, you know, there's a, a little bit of a, you know, correlation to what I'm trying to do here is just, you know, I think a lot of the the players that I've picked have just kind of been players that have ca- came on recently uh, in this after All-Star break. And, and Shaden's definitely been one of those guys with, you know, Simon's missing a lot of time, Damian Lillard missing some time. Um, and then just, you know, he's had to work himself into a role because, I think going into the year, Portland had hopes of being a playoff contending team. That's not going to be in the works. So why not give your, your first round pick Shane Sharp a little bit of time, which they are. And uh, it's definitely paying off. He's definitely got that explosion that you like to see out of your guards. Um, I think he's only like six foot five, six foot six. He plays like he's like six foot ten. I mean, every time he gets up, like his head is almost hitting the rim, which, yeah, you can. I mean, most rookies have that little bounce to, to start off their careers, but his is, I mean, his athleticism is uh, incredible. And, you know, we, we know from the draft, you know, just he was supposed to be like a dark horse because we had no idea what to expect from him. He didn't play um, college ball with that, with that injury that he had. Um, so it, it's nice to see that, you know, Portland might have gotten their next, you know, starting shooting guard slash point guard of the future. Um, looking at forwards though, uh, I got Keegan Murray. You guys touched on him greatly. Um, he's been playing really well all year long, especially for a winning for, uh, team like Sacramento this year. Um, my other forward, I put in Tari Eason. <clears throat> uh, hasn't really, didn't really get a lot of playing time first half of the year, second half. Um, definitely playing a lot better, getting more playing time. Consistent defender, which. I mean, Houston needs defense. Uh, and then he he's a knockdown shooter. He can get to the rim. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more playbaking out of him, but we don't see that a lot in Houston. So uh, still uh, to be determined on that. But uh, at my center position on second team, I'll take uh, Jalen Duren for Detroit. Uh, I think, you know, I thought about Mark Williams putting him in there, but I looked at uh, games played. I think... Jalen Duren's played around 64, 65 games this year. Mark Williams is around that 39ish range. Uh, if you guys remember, Mark Williams started off in the G League, so didn't really play that much. And then, you know, the trade of Mason Plumlee, um, some injuries, you know, have can- kind of, you know, put him into the starting unit. But uh, I won't, I wouldn't hate you putting in Mark Williams, but at this point, I got Jalen Duren. Um, We'll go with Adam on this one. Adam, who you got for your second team?
2: Yeah, my second team, I'm starting off with the guard. um, Nemhard. I think he's been, yeah, he's been turning it up, especially on the second half of the season. I mean, he's had his moments early on, but he's kind of second fiddle to uh, Tyrese. So he's been a... A great backup guard, kind of like a, a Derek White-esque. But I like what I'm seeing from Nemar. I think he'll be a good player for the Der- foreseeable Derek future White-esque? in Indiana. Yeah, I'd say,
0: yeah, a little bit. Not sure if I quite see that in him, but I kind of look at him as like a upgraded Aaron Holiday type.
1: Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday. Neymar six five. Yeah. What? Yeah. Isn't Aaron Hallday like six yeah. foot? So? Like five inches different. Yeah, he's
0: six one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is Neymar really that yeah. tall?
1: Oh. No. Shade and sharp six, so six. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, I'm not. Why are you um, hating I'll, Alex? I'll turn around. Sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. The next All right. for my, yeah for my second guard. The next Derek him. White. What?
1: It's, it's this not is like a nice Derek White. I tell you, like he dude. called him like the next. LeBron. Derek White's. A... <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, Derek White? Derek White. Derek White, You can't Dude, be our you can't play a
2: Derek White. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. jeez. <laughs> <true>. oh, <laughs> Anyways,
2: all right. Going forward. Going forward. No, yeah. For my other guard, I also had Shane Sharp, who you touched on. But you know, he, he's a. Like, he'll leap out of the building he's a decent shooter and uh we've been seeing some great things out of him since Damian lillard's been injured in the past couple games so i i think he'll probably be a second or third star in portland depending on where jeremy grant goes and then um for my forwards i got keegan murray he's debatable you can put him on the first or the second um i just had some people over him so he falls to the second team and then i got jeremy Soshan for my second forward spot i think he he didn't start the best but then the more minutes popovich you know gave him throughout the season i thought he produced a lot better but he just needs to learn some consistency but when when he plays, I mean, there's a chance you're going to get a really good game out of him, but he just needs to be more consistent down the line. And then center, I was kind of torn by either Jalen Duran or Mark Williams, just like you, Alex. But honestly, you could toss up. Um, but I gave it to Jalen Duran. I think he's had slightly a better season just because he's started probably nope, a no chat homegrid. Uh, no, that was my dark horse. I, I was going to slide Chet right in there. You know, I think he's, you know, more than deserving to get into that center spot. I mean, in the Chet's been team.
0: consistent all year. you said it earlier when I was talking to you, like most consistent player Dude, this year for a rookie.
2: No, so consistent. I mean, he, he warms that bench up every single night. You know, he's, it's like, I'll make, I'll make sure this is warm for you guys. Even don't, his don't outfits worry. too, just.
0: Kind of bland a little bit, you know, very consistent with his his attire as well.
2: No, exactly. I mean, he's kind of showing us, you know,
0: what the future is going to look like. Matt, who you got for your second team? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, my second team, pretty similar to Adams. I got, uh, he had Jaden Ivy on the first team. I have him on the second team. Um, I think Ivy's been pretty good, especially. Uh, at times, but he's shoots pretty bad from a free throw line. And he's also, uh, pretty inconsistent, but he probably has some of the most upside out of anybody out of these rookies. So, um, not really a knock against him more, just, uh, wait till next year type situation with him. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, my other guard is Namehard, Um, Derek white jr. um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Damn straight. It's gonna catch. Straight.
1: <laughs> he's been pretty good, averaging about uh, <laughs> nine nine points, uh, four assists, two boards. Uh, not too shabby. I took him over Shane Sharp just because I don't think he'll be a better player long term than Shane Sharp. But he's had a better rookie year, and that's what this is about. Uh, Shane Sharp's been pretty abysmal from the free throw line, only sixty eight percent. Uh, you definitely like to see that higher for a guard. Damn, just one, um, one better. Just get that up to sixty-nine. <laughs> yeah, sixty-nine. Um, that's even worse than Sochan too, which is uh shocking. Um, and speaking of Sochan, he's my one of my forwards. Um, he's been pretty a pretty um, bright spot in um pretty dark season for the the Spurs. Um. The other bright spot is that they could potentially get a very good draft pick. Um, They they don't have a ton to build around, but um, Sochan looks like he could be one of those uh, two-way type of players if he can get his shot down a little bit more. He's shooting um, only 24% from three, so um, obviously you'd like to see that get to at least 30%, hopefully. Maybe even like 28 or 29 would be uh, an improvement. And I could see him being more like a Draymond Green type of player, but until then I think uh, he's more of just like a role player. Um, But, I mean, Draymond kind of is too, but it's more based off defense. Um, Then my other forward position is Jabari Smith. Um, He's been actually on a tear lately, Um, but in the the start of the year, he really couldn't get a lot going. He was shooting absolutely terrible from three at, at a certain point in the season. Um, but he's been getting it going lately and I think he's starting to show why he was uh, the third overall pick. Um, it definitely is something to look forward to next season going into next year, um, with him. Uh, I snubbed his teammate, Tari Eason definitely could have put him in there, but gave it to, um, Jabari. And then my last position center, I, there's really nobody else to pick. I mean. You could have picked Mark Williams, um, maybe even the other Williams too, um, J- the other Jalen Williams. But uh, yeah. at the end of the day, Jalen Duran played the most, um, and he was also really good when he played. Um, I have no idea why the Pistons decided to roll out James Wiseman over Jalen Duran, um, but I guess that's just something the Pistons got to do. They got to get it out of their system um (laughs) going into next year but there's just a lot to look forward to with duran too because i mean he's the youngest player in the draft i think he's only like 19 still um which is crazy um so they they might have a quite the squad in detroit once everybody's healthy and with likely another top five pick this year so that that'll round out my all rookie team and yeah yeah, I mean, you know,
2: there there is one person that I, you know, believe probably should have made the team, and that would be uh, Johnny oh. Davis. <laughs> oh what a God. what a, what a year! What a Adam, year he's had! We just had, had like you
0: know? twenty people turn off the podcast after you just said Johnny Davis. All of them. <laughs> <were Washington. laughs>
2: Johnny who?
1: <laughs> yeah, if you've got he's actually a bad shooter, Johnny Davis <laughs> shooting 23% from three. <laughs> he's been doing – He's
0: Johnny's actually been playing <laughs> a little bit better, though, recently. Um, looking at the past couple games, um, last game against Toronto ended in a loss, but he had 15 points on fi- five of eight shooting, three of four from deep um, in 30 minutes. That's not bad. And then against the Spurs um, – you know, played fifteen minutes. Didn't play that great. I guess one of five, two points. But <laughs>
2: there's, like, Johnny. Spurts, there's Johnny. Like
0: he'll have spurts where like he's decent, but um, he's one of those players where you, you might need to maybe see what he can do in the G League if he can go off, pop off the G League, and then you know maybe bounce back to the to the NBA game. But. Um, I wanted May, to touch...
2: maybe try him out in China. Hey, who knows? He can. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Him and Dwight. Him and Dwight, him and Dwight. Him and Dwight.
0: But um, yeah, that's gonna wrap up our awards show, uh, part two. But I wanted to jump into just the West and East playoffs. How things are looking as of now? Denver's got, you know, the lead in the West. You know, fifty and twenty-four behind them. Memphis, three games back. Sacramento is five, um, and then you have that four to four to twelve range with Phoenix, Clippers, Golden State, Minnesota, New Orleans, Lakers, OKC, Dallas, and even Utah. Um, Matt, is there anybody? Let's just do it. Are there any? Do you think? The stand- standings are going to stay close to the same, or you think there's going to be some some more changes maybe seeing one of those teams that are outside the playoffs getting in?
1: Uh, you know, with Dallas won tonight, and I feel like as long as Luka doesn't get suspended, I feel like um, for technicals, for those that don't know, he's at 15 right now, and if he gets one more, he gets suspended for a game um as long as he doesn't get that 16th technical um i feel like him and Kyrie can will them into the at least into the play um i don't think they have too tough of a schedule left so i think they could move i don't i honestly don't think there'll be any like drastic changes though like i think phoenix and the clippers are pretty set in stone um I mean, it, it seems like it seems like there's a lot that could happen, but at the same time, like, I don't see any of these teams going on a seven-game winning streak or a seven-game losing streak, so I don't, I don't think as much right. will change. Um, I'm hoping the Wolves actually move into the sixth seed, though. Um, that was a big win last night because now we're 2-2 two and two against Golden State, so uh, they don't have that tiebreaker come down to conference record, which we're neck and neck with them we actually are slightly better too um so that's actually really nice for us um not to dive too much into the wolves um then looking at the the lakers are probably one of the most interesting cuz they they still have um some tough games left they got the bulls again the jazz twice which those are two huge games for the jazz um, so that would probably be one of the biggest teams that could move up or down depending on how they do in those Jazz games. Um, and they play the T Wolves, so uh, they could potentially be in it for the sixth seed all the way down to the twelfth seed, <laughs> which is kind of right. crazy. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's those are my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I think one of the surprising ones is you know we, I think a lot of us were kind of counting out New Orleans. They've been on a four-game win streak. Brandon Ingram's looked really well. I know, Adam, you had him on your fantasy team, which...
1: Mr. Triple-double.
0: Yeah. Um, straight. Pelicans are 37-37 right now. They're holding down that A spot right now behind Minnesota. Um, you know, Minnesota's got a key game tonight uh, as we're... I mean, it just started. No Carl Anthony Towns playing against the Kings. Um, so if they drop that game, you know, that's big for new Orleans Lakers, um, even Dallas and OKC, but, um, I want to touch base on Phoenix with you, Adam, real quick. Um, what are you seeing out of this Phoenix squad? And do you think that they can make a possible push, um, come playoff time? And is it going to be around the fact of KD coming back? You see, I I,
2: I I still believe that they can get to at least like a, a three seed. But they kind of have to go on a stretch and they have to hope that the Kings lose some games. But honestly, I like where they're at at the four, four seed. I think that's a safe spot for them. I, I think either way, whoever they play at the four seed,
0: that, I mean, that'll be an easy matchup for the first round, right? Yeah. Uh, moving on to the East, real quick, uh, before we ra- wrap this show up. But um, you know, the top three seeds, uh, actually top four seeds, have all locked in a playoff spot in Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, and Cleveland. Um, I'm lo- I'm looking at the New York, the five through. I mean, playoffs is pretty much set in the Eastern Conference, as you know washington's about three and a half games back of 10 spot of chicago um things could get interesting though between that five and ten seed in position wise um personally matt is there anybody out of that top three that you do not want to see first round
1: um yeah i mean i i honestly wouldn't want to see any of the top three in the first round um i think they're all Pretty solid teams up and down. Um, I mean, probably the one I least would like to see would be the Bucks, just because they probably have the best all-around defense, just because, I mean, with three guys that could potentially be on the all-defense the first team, um, that's a tough matchup, a lot of size. Um, but, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't want to see – I'd probably want to see Philly the most just because um, Harden has kind of been – injured a little bit lately um not sure if that's more just like a rest type of thing or if it's an actual injury um but they've also choked a lot in the playoffs so that's probably who i'd want to play the most even though they're they're pretty good um yeah i mean for me the most surprising thing about the eastern conference was was probably the heat um they had a nice chance this weekend uh kind of push up more in the standings and then they got absolutely slaughtered by the Nets, uh, which I wasn't expecting at all. They lost by 29. Um, So (laughs) that was pretty crazy to see. Um, But yeah, I'd say the Heat are probably the team to look out for the most um, because they're kind of a hot and cold team.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that Miami would take over that sixth spot. Um, maybe even the fifth, but they're they're an up and down team, and honestly, I don't know what I expect from them. But come playoff time, like they've proven, they got proven players on the team. I mean, you know, I know Kyle Lowry's come off the bench, but he's a proven winner. Um, Jimmy Butler's a proven winner. Bam Adebayo has shown his versatility as a top five candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, as well as you know, Jimmy Butler's always in that conversation as well, but. Um, I think Miami, if I'm, I'm Boston right now and I have to play Miami first round, that's a tough matchup that I wouldn't want any part of granted, you know, you gotta, you gotta play who you play on the schedule or on the playoff schedule. So, um, those top three teams, I've, I've no questions on whether or not they're going to make it past first round. Um, I think it's pretty much a lock, but. Um, Adam, is there any team in that Eastern Conference that you're kind of looking at to maybe jump in the standings going forward? Honestly, I'm just surprised that Brooklyn is
2: still at the sixth spot. I thought they would have almost been dropping out by now, but um, I've, I've said it before, and I've said it, I'll say it again. I, I think the, actually, no, the Knicks are just going to stay where they're at. So, I mean, there's not really much going on in the yeah, East. Yeah, it's
0: pretty much set in stone, honestly. Uh, a lot different in the Western Conference, but uh, we will have another podcast coming out probably end of the week, you know, maybe Friday or Saturday, Sunday possibly. Um, so stay tuned for that. As always, follow us on our uh, social media platforms: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Shot the Side. Um, like and follow if you enjoyed the content. And um, yeah, I mean, thank you guys for for joining. And um, Matt and Adam, my guests, thank you guys for the great content you guys gave today. Really appreciate it. And until next time. Oh yeah, peace. Peace.
2: Push! <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh,
0: yeah. If you're if you're if they're still That's listening, good. I would have. Damn, <laughs> was a little loud, guys.